With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Steelers Daily Shot. I'm Dale Lally sitting in for DK uh, here today. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about free agency. Of course, the NFL free agency period going to start uh, March 17th is currently scheduled. I can't see the, the league pushing that back, but they're going to have some some things to do here. It gives them a hard timeline uh, and a deadline uh, by which to uh, they have to have the salary cap in place. Uh, they'd like to have the TV deals in place uh, that would, of course, raise that salary cap. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, but in, in anyways, the Steelers, of course, we, we know have a number of uh, key free agents uh, this year. Uh, when you look at it, uh, of course, that's headlined by uh, Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, but there's some other guys there, and I wanted to talk a little bit about you know the potential uh, of some of these guys, uh, if they're able to resign some of these guys or not. Um, so let's go through these guys one by one. Obviously, Bud Dupree, as I mentioned, uh, the, the big name guy there. And I just don't see the Steelers being capable of, of bringing Bud Dupree back. Uh, of course, the, the salary cap, if it goes, if, if it happened to, to come in around the same number as what it was uh, last year. But there's some potential there that they could make that happen. Um, but I think this, the, the idea that, that suddenly Dupree is only going to get uh, you know, $10 million on a one-year deal or something like that uh, in the free agent market. I, I think that's wishful thinking on the part of a lot of people. Uh, he's going to get paid, um, you know, guys who, who who can get to the quarterback are at a premium right now, and he has proven that he can get to the quarterback. Uh, with Alejandro Villanueva, uh, of course, has been the Steelers starting left tackle for the last better part of the last decade. And at least since 2015 anyways, but you're talking about a guy who is now 33 years old. Uh, his play has started to slip a little bit, but I could see some, some teams out there, um, you know, making him an offer um, because he is a starting left tackle in the league. And I know he, he has issues here and there with, with certain kinds of styles of players, uh, particularly Carl Lawson of the Bengals. Uh, but he was pretty solid in pass protection, uh, you know, the rest of the season. And, and so, you know, I still think that there's a team out there that might give him some money. It won't be the Steelers. They're going to move on there. Uh, and, they, you know, they'd like to, to get younger at that position. Uh, it, it, when you look at uh, the other offensive lineman, the other big name offensive lineman who is uh, headed towards free agency, that would be Matt Filer. Uh, the Steelers kicked him inside the guard last year. I didn't think he played as well at guard as he had at right tackle uh, the previous couple of seasons. But he's still just 29, and so I expect uh, Matt Filer, somebody's going to offer him some uh, money to play right tackle for them. I mean, that's a premium position. You're talking about the, the left and right tackle positions there with Villanueva and Filer, and so somebody's going to make them an offer. They won't be Steelers next year. Perhaps the Steelers will benefit with some compensatory picks. 
Uh, the other uh, one of the other interesting situations with the team is, is what to do with Mike Hilton and, and of course Cameron Sutton. You're talking about the team's two biggest uh, or the two best uh, slot corner men, and both headed towards free agency. And they're, they're two different styles of player. Whereas uh, you know when you look at Hilton, uh, you see the big plays that he makes, you see the splash plays that he makes. He's got a nose for the football. He's got a good a uh, good sense of uh, of when to blitz, how to blitz, those kind of things. That's um, really, he's just a football player, but he's not great in coverage. Um, you know, I, I know that that's, that's blasphemy to say that, uh, but it's true. Uh, he's still just 26 years, years old. He'll be 27 before next season starts. But if you look at uh, spot track, his, uh, his calculated market value is $7.8 million a season. Uh, looking at a, a market value of uh, three years at $23.5 million. I just can't, as much as I like Mike Hilton, I can't bring myself, if I'm the Steelers, to pay that price. Uh, Sutton, on the other hand, is 26 years old, a little bit younger. He'll turn, well, he's 25 now. He'll turn 26 before next season. You look at his value, uh, you're looking at three years, $21.6 million, $7.2 million per year. I could see the Steelers making a strong pitch to bring him back, but there's going to have to be a starting job uh, as part of that. And by starting job, I mean, at least a clear path to be the starting nickel corner. I think if I, you know, the, the thing, if I'm Cameron Sutton right now, he's kind of been a Jack of all trades a master of none over the, the course of his career. The Steelers have moved him around a lot inside, outside, played him some at safety, you know, done all kinds of things with him. And, and so there's some value to that. But there's also going to be value out there for other teams. He's a better cover man than than, than certainly uh, Mike Hilton. Um, maybe not as physical when it, when it comes to you know playing the run and those kind of things. But few are as physical as, as Mike Hilton or as good of a blitzer. Um, but I think you know because Sutton can play inside and outside. I think he is the guy that you you know if you're the Steelers, you want to really try to bring back. Uh, so I would make that pitch. And they really don't have another nickel corner on the roster. That's the other problem right now that they have. Yes, you can move Steven Nelson inside uh, into the slot on passing downs, but that's really not, he did that early in his career with Kansas city. Uh, he was their nickel corner and, and didn't really uh, accept that or he struggled with that role a little bit early in his career. Uh, he, he's really been much better outside over the course of his career. Um. Yeah, of course, the other big name free agent for the Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I just don't see any possible way that the Steelers can bring back Juju Smith-Schuster. If you look at spot track, his average annual salary comes out to $16.1 million. They're estimating that he's going to get a five-year, $80.7 million contract. Uh, that's just not going to happen in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers just can't afford to pay that. Um, so, you know, you say uh, goodbye to Juju Smith-Schuster, um, going to leave you a bit of a hole with the wide receiver position, but they've done a pretty good job there uh, of finding guys throughout the draft. And you would expect, uh, you know, that Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson would continue to progress and, and, you know, maybe become that number one receiver or a good solid number one and one a, so, you know, the Steelers, uh, just can't afford to, to sign Juju Smith-Schuster right now, in my opinion. Maybe that changes, again, depending on what happens with the cap. Um, one of the other tackles, I expect him to, to make a, a pitch 
they, they signed Zach Banner to a one-year $1.75 million deal before last season. And then he tore his ACL after winning the starting right tackle job uh, in the first game of the season. I would expect them to, 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 to bring Banner back. Maybe they can get him back on, on, on another one-year deal around $2 million. I think that's certainly worth it. And he should be ready to go by the start of next season. Uh, he's been running, doing those kind of things. So that, that's, uh, that's key in that. Um, Tyson Alualu, uh, who, who, of course, kicked inside to the nose tackle position this year, is another free agent for the Steelers. Uh, he made $2.875 million this year. Um, I think, you know, at 34, they should be able to get him on a similar deal. I, I, if I were the Steelers, I would look to sign Tyson Alualu at maybe a two-year deal worth – uh, you know, somewhere around $5 million, $6 million, two year, $6 million deal might get it done. You make, uh, you know, three and a half million of that signing bonus uh, that gets that keeps his number down, uh, maybe a little bit under that 2.875 million that he made this year. And I, I think he's at the point in his career where he'd be happy to do that, happy to stay here in Pittsburgh. He likes it here. Um, and so I think that's one that you can get done reasonably easy. Uh, with James Conner at running back, we heard uh, from Art Rooney Jr. Art Rooney the uh, second at the end of uh, January, and he was already talking about James Conner in the past tense. So I don't expect James Conner to be back. If you look at Spot Track, uh, his average salary, which I, I don't know if he's going to get this, uh, but they're saying that his market value is two years at ten point eight million dollars. Um, if he gets that, God bless him. He's not going to get it from the Steelers. That's just not going to happen. I don't expect the Steelers to be to be real uh, active in the in the veteran running back market. Maybe you go out and get a, a guy like a Jamal Williams, uh, but it's going to be a you know maybe a two million dollar deal. Uh, if James Conner doesn't get any offers on the in the open market, and or something that you know in that range, then maybe you can bring him back on on the cheap. I just don't see it. But I don't want him to be the starting running back. You just can't, you need to do better than that. Um, he's okay as, as maybe your number two, uh, but not as your number one. And so you need to do better there. Um, when you look at some of the other free agencies there, Avery Williamson is going to be an interesting situation because I don't think you know, spot tracks listing his average salary at, at, at $7.2 million, not going to happen. Uh, they're looking at a two-year, $14.4 million deal for Avery Williamson. I just don't see it. Um, he's still an okay football player, but anybody that gives him you know, that kind of money is overpaying. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see what the Steelers do. One of the cuts that could be coming here for Pittsburgh would be to release Vince Williams, uh, which would save you $4 million under the salary cap. And, you know, I, I think with the, you know, Robert Spillane stepping forward last year, uh, you could certainly, um, you know, go with, with Robert Spillane next to Devin Bush as your starting linebackers. Um, but maybe, you know, if you do release Vince Williams, you say, Hey Vince, uh, why don't you go test the open market? If you don't get something that you like, you're 32 years old, we'd love to have you back here. Uh, you know, you've been a, a good soldier for us. Um, and then we'll, you know, then we'd like to get you back here, maybe on, a, on the veteran minimum, or you ask him to take a pay cut. If that doesn't happen, uh, maybe you go back to Avery Williamson and say, hey, we'd like to have you back. Certainly not at that $7.2 million a year price. That's just not happening. Um, 
another guy that uh, you know wouldn't uh, you know you'd like to maybe bring back would be Sean Davis. Um, you know he, the Steelers got him back after he signed initially with Washington. Uh, was released by them. The Steelers brought him back. He's still just 28 years old. He provides you uh, with a guy as a depth piece that can play free safety or strong. Uh, that, that's nice to, to have behind uh, uh, Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick. And he's got starting experience. And, and that, to me, is worth something there. He's obviously also very uh, in tune with what you do defensively. So he knows that you know you're not really stretching things there. I don't know why it didn't work out in Washington. We didn't get a chance to talk to Sean Davis all season long. Um, but I think maybe, you know, sometimes when guys leave like that and then come back, they find out that the grass wasn't always greener. Uh, you know, D- Davis, I'm sure, was upset about being released by Washington. That's his hometown football team. He'd be, he'd be from Washington. He played at the University of Maryland and then was released by them. So, uh, you know, maybe now Pittsburgh is home for him. Uh, I don't know that there'll be a lot, a big market for Sean Davis, but certainly, uh, you know, you could do much worse there for backup safety. Uh, the other big name guy that, that, uh, is going to be an unrestricted free agent is punter Jordan Berry. And, you know, the Steelers released him at the end of training camp last year and went with, with, uh, Colquitt as, as their, as their punter. And that didn't work out. And they brought Jordan Berry back. And he might have had his best overall season for the team. But at the same time, can you afford, you know, he made $910,000 this year. That's what is, you know, the veteran minimum. Can they get him back on something around that number? Uh, or do they go with Corliss Waitman, who they kept on their practice squad all season long, instead of going with Jordan Berry? Um, I, I think maybe you can bring Barry back again. If you get him back on the, on the min, uh, veteran minimum deal, $910,000 is nothing to sneeze at there. Obviously Jordan Barry would, would probably like to make more. Maybe he gets a better offer on the open market. Um, but I think there's, there's something to be said there for, for again, the, the continuity factor and, and the fact that, uh, you know, you, you've been here and played your, uh, your entire career in Pittsburgh. So maybe that happens. Of course, uh, you get a couple of other guys, uh, Chris Wormley, Jordan Dangerfield, Danny Isadora. Um, you know, none of those guys are going to uh, to break the bank there. Josh Dobbs is an unrestricted free agent. Um, so they've got some work there to do, but I think they can resign some of these guys. If I were going to put uh, some chips down on that, I think Banner resigns. I, I think that they get a Lou resigned. And then I think they make a strong pitch to keep Cameron Sutton, potentially Jordan Berry. We'll see how that all works out as we continue to, uh, to to get closer to that to that March seventeenth uh, deadline here as as teams uh, begin to uh, start to look at unrestricted free agency and the start of the new league year. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more free agency. We'll talk uh, the pro day schedule. Do all that right after this. This segment is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, or who need medical malpractice claims or help with that medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our area for over 80 years. Visit their website at lgkg.com or call 724-221-8377. The one thing that I didn't mention 
Uh, and welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here uh, from DK Pittsburgh Sports. So one thing I didn't mention in the previous segment was the situation with Ben Roethlisberger. And I th- really think right now that situation is a little bit on hold while some of this uh, salary cap stuff gets worked out at, at the league level. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the Steelers want to necessarily lock themselves into something with Roethlisberger if they don't have to. And I think Roethlisberger's tapping the brakes here a little bit. I think he thought that Marquise Pouncey was going to come back this year. I think he thought he could talk Pouncey into that. So we'll see what happens with that situation uh, as this continues to work here. In the meantime, uh, NFL Pro Days are going to start kicking off here in a few weeks. And these are going to be super important this year. I know Clemson had their their Pro Day or a Pro Day for essentially uh, just for the quarterback last week because uh, because Trevor Lawrence is going to have uh, uh, labrum surgery on his left uh, on his left shoulder. Um, but to get to the pro days coming up here, um, they'll start March 5th with Kansas kicking things off. And then K state on March 9th, um, uh, we, uh, Pitt is scheduled to have their pro day or it's pro day on March 17th. West Virginia's will be the next day on March 18th. And then, uh, for the other local college, uh, Penn state will be March 25th. Some other ones to keep an eye on here, uh, Oklahoma. Is got it has its pro day on March 12th. They've got a big uh, center prospect there that uh, a lot of teams are going to be keeping an eye on. Um, mentioned uh, West Virginia has got uh, get some players this year. Florida State is March 22nd, although Florida State was a little down this year. Um, Alabama's pro day, that's always a big one. And and this there are a bunch of them on March 23rd, but Alabama obviously the the key one there. Uh, that would be March 23rd. Central Michigan. Alabama, Iowa State, Nebraska, Purdue. Uh, so there's some big ones there. Uh, if you look at that, really, that's when things start to kick off there uh, the, the week of March 18th because you got uh, March 18th, Louisiana Tech, Georgia Tech, Buffalo, Auburn, um, West Virginia, in West Virginia. The next day on March 19th, Texas Christian, Memphis. Uh, March 22nd, Colorado State, Florida State, Iowa, Toledo. That uh, 23rd, I mentioned, with Central Michigan and all those schools. The 24th is Michigan State and South Carolina. Uh, March 25th, another big day on the – huge day on the docket because you got Western Michigan, you got UMass, North Texas, Mississippi, SMU, Penn State, San Diego State, and Western Michigan. Uh, March 26th, you're looking at Boston College, BYU, Virginia Tech, South Dakota State. That will be a big one, of course, for – any of the people looking at the quarterback and Trey Lance, uh, Michigan is Friday, uh, uh, March 26th, um, Monday, March 29th. You're looking at North Carolina. You're looking at Duke. Of course, there are Carolina and Dukes uh, competing against each other. Go figure. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette is March 29th. Miami, Florida is March 29th. Miami, Ohio is March 29th. On March 30th, you've got Louisville. you got Washington. On uh, March 31st, you got Boise. you got Florida. you got Notre Dame. You got Kentucky, and then April 1st, South Florida, Oklahoma State, and Charlotte. Uh, Houston is scheduled for April 9th. Uh, of course, there's some big schools that, that aren't on the docket yet there. Uh, no Ohio State Day schedule yet that I've seen thus far. Uh, we'll continue to update you on all those things as we, can, as we get closer to these dates. Uh, but these pro days are going to be huge this year because there is no NFL scouting combine. But what the NFL is going to do is have some regional uh, medical things where, where they're going to bring guys in uh, regionally and have them check out the medicals on some of these guys. So really these pro days 
are going to be the only chance for, for teams to get a, an opportunity to see a lot of these players on the football field, working out, doing, uh, doing football type stuff, running forties, things of that nature. And also because scouts weren't allowed on campus this year uh, because of the COVID situation, this will be the opportunity for, for, for teams to maybe talk to these guys a little bit uh, and talk to people about these players. So the, the pro days this year are going to be just monstrous. Uh, again, I, I can't uh, stress that enough that, uh, you know, teams are really going to have to do their homework. I was, you know, some of these guys opted out and didn't play it all this year. Uh, as I mentioned with, with like Trey Lawrence, his, his team or Trey uh, Lance, South Dakota state playing in the spring. Um, so Lance only got to play one game last year against central Arkansas. And so, you know, for a guy like that, who, who's only had one year of starting experience, getting in there, getting an opportunity to see somebody, you know, to watch him throw, see him interact with the players. That's a big part of it as well. How do, you know, do players follow him? Do, do they, do they gravitate to him? That's one of the things that the Steelers loved about Marquise Pouncey was that he led their pro day that year in 2010 with Florida. They had a lot of good players on that team, but including Joe Hayden, uh, but those guys all followed Marquise Pouncey. They did whatever, you know, Pouncey wanted to do there. He was kind of the leader of all the drills and, and that, that meant something to the Steelers. They, they saw a guy who, who had some good leadership skills there in Marquise Pouncey. So, Keep an eye on these pro days. You'll see news trickling out. You can expect that the Steelers are going to be very active at these things this year. You're going to hear a lot of uh, well, Mike Tomlin was here and Kevin, Col Kevin Colbert was there. The Steelers had scouts here. Yeah, absolutely, uh, because they got to get on campus and see these guys, and, and that's the only chance that they're going to get it, to do it this year because, because of the COVID situation. Going to be a different kind of draft than, than any that we've seen recently. And, uh, you know, you, uh, the Steelers – I think pretty much nailed it last year. And they took guys who were a little bit older, who had more college experience. And I think that paid off for them. We'll see what kind of tack they take this year with that. I know Kevin Colbert has said that, that, you know, if they, if they have to pick between a guy who opted out and a guy who played this year, they'll probably end up leaning toward the guy who played because you've got more tape of that guy. Um, you know, you've seen him play more recently than the guys who opted out. And, and so that's going to be interesting to see if he sticks with that or if they, uh, if they change that up, uh, you know, depending on who's available to them and where that guy is available to them, because, um, you know, not having seen somebody play football in, in, in you know, two years, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, you know, so we'll see how that works out for them, but that's going to do it for this show. I'm, uh, I've, I've been Dale Lally. I've loved uh, bringing these to you here, but DK's should be back uh, the rest of this week. Uh, we've had fun here. I, I hope you've enjoyed, uh, these daily shots from me and, uh, well, keep reading here at dkpittsburghsports.com. And you could of course subscribe to our, our channel, uh, wherever you get, uh, uh your, your downloads at there, wherever you download your podcast. We'd love if you do that. Um, uh, but, uh, Thanks for listening today.